Welcome to HSBC Talks Business, the podcast series that brings together business leaders and industry experts to explore the latest global insights, trends, and opportunities. Make sure you're subscribed to stay up to date with new episodes. Thanks for listening, and now on to today's show. Welcome to Inspiring Progressive Female Entrepreneurs, a podcast mini-series that seeks to empower and support women who are on the journey of growing and scaling their business. We'll speak with inspiring women about their stories and get practical advice from entrepreneurs who've been there before. This podcast has been created in partnership with Albright. Thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for taking the time to join us. So my name is Jagdeep Rai, or Jag, as I'm known to many, and I am the Regional Director for the South of England at HSBC Business Banking. Today, we are joined by Edwina Dunn, Founder and Chair of The Female Lead. Now, Edwina is going to talk to us about her personal experience with connecting and networking throughout her career. And also, she's going to give us and share her advice and tips for how to ensure that you make your network work for you. Now, the Female Lead is a data-driven educational foundation celebrating the achievements and diversity of women who shape our world with over 6 million followers. And Edwina is also the former chair of Star Count and co-founder of Dunhumby. Now, many of you may well know Edwina from the Female Lead, but there's also a, an extremely interesting um, backstory. You, you may well not know that Edwina has been um, an extraordinary entrepreneur. She's done some amazing things. So Edwina, welcome. I wonder if you could start by telling us a little bit about your background, your story. Thank you, Jagdeep. I'm really pleased to be here and I'm happy to share my story. I, I think stories are, are much easier to tell when you've lived through them. It's like elevator pictures. When you have a shorthand of what you did, it's kind of much easier to talk about it. But at the time you're creating it, you can't really work out what that shorthand is. So I will tell you mine. I started as what's now called a data or tech entrepreneur. I started out looking at data um, at a time I think that no one else was. And so it was very, very early days, very pioneering. And I will start with the point at which I set up a business called Dunhumby way back with my then husband. He was a computer scientist and mathematician, and I was the business person. And uh, we set this up, which sounds like an incredibly well-made plan. Wasn't quite like that, but I won't go into all the details. We had a very big mortgage. We were quite nervous, very scared. And we set it up and we didn't know what would happen. And we started literally with two people and no business at all and no investment. So the reason um, I mentioned this is I want to take you um, briefly as we have a conversation through the journey I went to, which was, you know, starting with nothing, no clients, but a network, which I found really, really important. So people we could ask and turn to. We eventually, over 20 years, scaled the business to 1,500 people 
we at the end were operating in 30 countries. We were managing data of 400 million customers at the time. We became what's now known as a unicorn business. So we hit and went over the billion dollar threshold for um, that startup. But a lot of pain, a lot of hard work before then. And we found an angel investor. And that was a story in itself. And then eventually we sold the business to Tesco. Now it's very easy to say we launched and managed Tesco Club Card, and everybody knows what that means. At the time, it was much harder to describe what we did, but that was my journey. And I, I think that was before I set up StarCount, before I then set up the female lead. Wonderful. Thank you, Edwin. I mean, that's, that's incredible, incredible in terms of what you've done and what you've achieved. I mean, there's, there's, there's so much that you've said in there because um, you've talked about network and the importance of that um, already. So I guess if we could just start around that, and I think given your experience that you just talked us through as the founder of very successful organisations, is there a significant memory or an example of a time that you can think of where you realised you, know, you, you had that kind of light bulb moment where you realised, you know what, the importance of this network is so, so valuable. So the network I had before when we were looking for an investor in the business was really all about the fact that we'd already worked with a lot of people and they knew that we delivered what we said we were going to deliver. I think I've always believed that you should be known for what you do, for your outcomes. And I think it's not about ego. Certainly, it wasn't the business we were in. It was simply about if you say you're going to do something, that people will trust you and believe that you will do it. So it's not about over-promising, over-hyping, but actually going through that steady path of, well, we'll do this, and then we'll do this. You can revise it and keep putting your target higher and higher, but by delivering what you say you're going to, I think you take people with you. And the investor that we eventually found, we'd worked with um, in the past. And so he knew us. He knew our reputation. He was one of the few people we knew who had a lot of money. He'd been successful. Um, he actually ran part of Oracle, the relational database management system, which was, again, very pioneering back in the day. And uh, he personally invested in us. And um, we felt so privileged. He was a very honorable guy. And we struck a fantastic deal. But we knew each other. We'd worked together. Fantastic. I mean, I, th I think from, from what I'm hearing, that piece around the network being something that's not a one-off exercise, is it? it's something that is built up over time based on trust and based on building those relationships over a period of time, which then may not immediately give you the, the kind of the payback. But at some point in time, you talked about an example there where it really bore fruit for you and, and came to fruition. And, you know, he also helped us with, so right at the beginning, when you're starting a small business, it's really hard to find high caliber candidates because you're nobody. 
at that time. You know, you have a dream and you're trying to build, bring in huge talent that's already very successful and probably being paid quite a lot. So if someone endorses you and they can say, look, these guys, they're not making any money at the moment, but I believe they will. I've invested in them. And so you should take a look at them because they can give you some equity. And actually, that could be worth much more than just your salary right now. Since that time, I've seen a lot of cynicism from you know new recruits about the potential upside of you know equity in a new business. And I, I kind of understand that. I think there have been a lot that haven't followed all the way through but getting that first really talented bunch of recruits in of two or three really top performers I think made all the difference to our success or failure. Moving on I guess to the female lead now because obviously it's an incredible platform that not only amplifies the achievements of women but allows them to connect with other like-minded people How have you ensured that your audience feel connected with one another? I think we only have in part. I still feel we've got more to do there. We were quite cautious about trying to kind of um, create a fully open network. I think what we have created is an independent, trusted platform where women's voices are heard and acknowledged and where we share the collective voice. And I think we have achieved that. And I think, you know, the, the, um, ideas that we share across LinkedIn, across Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, all of them, they're well received by girls and women alike. The thing that surprised me was that we didn't have to have anything that was age specific. Being a girl growing to a woman, you often have the same worries, the same interests, the same thought of what does good look like. And so I think having very authentic conversations has been our hallmark. And I'm super proud of that and super proud of the fact that we don't have any commercial bias at all to our network. We we hear what people want to say to us and we tell their stories with no kind of directional, well, we want you to talk about a brand or something like that. So that's what I'm super proud of. Is there more we could do to make people feel that they belong and um, to feel that they matter and that we um, are using their energy and all of their forces to make the female lead stronger. I don't think we've quite got there yet. I have some ideas and I'm always excited about the next stage, the next step. So I always go into summer thinking, you know, when I'm lying on the beach, I'm thinking about what can I do next that's the next big amplification or idea. And I always come back. And sort of be, you know, I'm really excited about, right, I've got to do that now. So it's it's always a work in progress. And I think that's how I feel about the female lead. Brilliant. Thank you. Building on that, I, I'm guessing that there are some really core values 
um, some wise words that potentially you could share through your experience of building organizations. I'm sure that there's, there's, there's certain values that you've kept close to everything that you do in, in business. Are you able to share some of those with us today? Absolutely. These are the things that I care about the most. I mean, number one, I think people should stop worrying about their weaknesses. I mean, we're all weak in some way or another. I mean, I know my weaknesses inside out. I genuinely believe people have special power when they play to their strengths. So I love the idea of what is your special power. And I have no doubt that you, in your position, know exactly what your special powers are. And I think we can lose a lot of energy and sleep um, over worrying about all the things we're not. I don't believe that we need to, I think, in sophisticated collaborative networks, people can find their opposites. They can find their complementary skill set or, you know, spiritual even um, partner. And I think that makes them stronger than any form of training or development. So play to your strengths is my number one. My second one, because you want to work with others, is Rise by Lifting Others. So it's the title of our book. And I believe very strongly that you lose nothing. You take nothing away from yourself by helping others. I think the more you help, the more people give you. And I think if you build a reputation for giving freely and honestly, not exactly keeping score, but being really mindful that you don't want to keep giving to someone who's just 100% a taker, but you're very happy to give to someone who helps you in return. And I think if we did that more, we would have even greater strength because I think women are fantastic, brilliant, sophisticated collaborators. And I think also asking for help. You know, we all know the the joke of men never asking for directions when they're lost, right? Yeah. I think women are great at asking for help. It's not a weakness. It's a strength. Having that network, asking for help, playing to your strengths. And finally, daring to be different. Because anybody who's an entrepreneur, I have been told, rather sadly, is a little bit weird right? And that's okay. It's like, it's okay to be a bit different, a bit weird, because you're passionate, you are crazy for your idea, and you want to make it come to life. So that's okay. It's your special power, right? Yes, yes. I don't know about weird, Edwina. I think you, I think you're phenomenal. And I think entrepreneurs are phenomenal. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in awe. I'm in awe of kind of, you know, the thinking and the kind of how you achieve, how you've achieved so much in your life. So I love that piece around the special power and also the piece around, I'm such a believer as well. And life is very much a reciprocal exchange. The more you put in, the more you'll get out of it. And that kind of that, it's almost that karmic kind of Life is very karmic, isn't it? Without us realizing it, really, the more you know, what what goes around does come around. So, it really, does resonate with me. For sure, for sure. And as you get older, you realize that all those things 
you did in the past, they do come back and they are like good omens. Yeah. Hopefully. Totally, totally. Moving on a little bit, but still on the same topic. One of the things that it's really important for entrepreneurs to be able to convey to investors is their values. Do you have any guidance for female founders who are perhaps preparing to seek investment for the first time? How to get that across to investors? Well, the main thing to understand is that if you're struggling to do that, it's probably not your fault. I mean, if you're a woman, it's much, much harder than if you're a man. That's just fact. All the data, all of the facts say that it is hard being a woman raising funds. You have to be smarter. You have to be more prepared. You have to have a really good business plan. You have to believe it. And you have to have done all your homework on the people that you approach and really, I think, finding out what is their passion, what's their interest. I think it's really bad to just think of investors as money. I think it's the biggest insult you can pay to an investor. I think every investor wants to consider that they have a real interest and a shared belief or some kind of complementary um, interest in a career that aligns with your own. And I think if you can build on that, if you can respect their interests, what they've done, and show that you've done your homework, it's much more powerful than just seeing them as a checkbook. Okay, that's interesting. So would you say then, kind of having done that homework and perhaps maybe where you see values not aligning, that in those circumstances that the best thing to do is walk away and to find those investors where values do align or in a much more in synergy? I think so. I mean, the wrong investor can be a nightmare. I have experienced that. I don't really want to focus on it. Someone who beats you up when you don't get the deal that you thought you were going to get can remove all the confidence and self-belief that you've had. You want someone who's going to say, it was the wrong person, but you have the right plan and the right idea. So you want someone who's going to keep faith with you through the hard times, not someone who's just going to go, wow, you messed that, that up. And, and so, yes, I would definitely say be careful of your bedfellows because they can really affect your ability to do the whole distance that you want to do and that you potentially can do. Great advice. Thank you, Edwina. How about peer group? So like-minded businesses, similar business owners, how important has that network been to you? And how have you really used it in a way that is advantageous? Well, I have to say, having hired maybe 3,000 people for the years through the history of Dunhumby and beyond and the whole traffic through, all I can say is that when I meet those people in other roles, now often running things, leading things, sometimes with big power, 
big budgets, if they remember you and your relationship with them well, they're your best advocates. I mean, some of them have become my best clients over the years, or in fact, supporters of the female lead. So I think you, you should treasure who you borrow because we only really borrow people in our working life, don't we? They come, you want them to stay, but they might go. And so in that time, that relationship that you've built can continue when they go somewhere else. Absolutely. And, and, and have there been, as you've built some of these relationships, have there been any learns from maybe the more challenging relationships or the more challenging times where it hasn't necessarily worked in the way that you would have liked it to? And Oh, yeah. I mean, I could write a book on the things that have gone wrong and the times when someone has just taken a dislike to you or what you do. You have to just walk away. I mean, when the chemistry is wrong, it's just wrong. You can't sheer will, your force of hope or will. It doesn't work. It has to be, there has to be that kind of meeting of the minds and there has to be an alignment. So forcing something uncomfortably will never, ever work. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes you sort of go, "Uh oh, it's this person who's just joined this company and you're like, okay, that's the end of me. That happens. Not everybody's going to like you. Not everybody's going to believe in you. Not everybody's going to trust you. I wish they did, but they don't. Thank you. Um, so, so, so how about sort of connections internally? So we've talked a bit about building those external connections and how important that is and to find the right ones. But I guess it's also very important to have a connected team within the business. Now, thinking back to your time running businesses, what do you think has been the key lesson, the key thing, or the key must-have for keeping a successful team connected with each other and with the business? Well, that's a great question. It's one of my favorites. And I think for me, it's about everybody understanding what is the plan, what is the objective, what is the plan, what is my role in the plan? And then secondly, taking ownership of the whole plan. So you want to avoid the, that's not my job mentality. It's like, it's everybody's job to get us all to this point because that's the plan. And so having that outcome orientation, that milestone orientation, when if we're failing in one part of the business, we all help each other. It's fundamental. You know, I do find now that the degree of specialization in companies is slightly at odds with that. And well, I think we have to be very, very cautious because the shared vision, the shared plan, ownership of that, responsibility for that, so that everybody worries when we're late or we're not delivering or something like that is critical. And that kind of trust in each other that when it's really tough, everybody will stay late, everyone will worry about it, everyone will get it done. If you can create that culture, I think magic happens. And in fact, one other thing that I really believe in is we used to have um, every year 
we used to get everybody together. Um, by the time we were very large, we did three events, one in each continent. And we would have a day of celebration, like a big creative project that we would all do together. And it would be so unifying because it would show people that someone like me, who was top of the organization, is incredibly useless at some of the other things that we did, like painting a group picture or building a bridge or or putting on a performance or a fashion show or something like that. And when people see that you're really ordinary and useless at some things, the distance between you and the rest of the company disappears. I love that. I love that. You're, you're so right. And then coming back to the point that you mentioned earlier about kind of, we've all got weakness, we've all got things that we're working on. And I think it's that level of almost that vulnerability that you can show to the people in your business. I think then that that starts to build connections that you can't almost put your finger on, but that's where that powerful trust starts to build. And you talked about culture and, you know, culture, people talk a lot about culture, but actually ultimately culture is just people, isn't it? It's just a combination of all of the people in the organisation all galvanised around a common goal, you know, a common ethos, I guess. Yes. And, you know, what used to amaze me is like, say we did a choir or we had several choirs, you'd suddenly find out that someone who was like junior in the company had the most beautiful voice you've ever heard. And that changes their position in the company and everybody's opinion of them overnight. And it's just a joy. It's like this person is a genius. Not yet at what we do, but in an, in another dimension. It's fantastic. Yes, brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Edwina. Edwina, it's been wonderful talking to you. So many insights that um, I'm going to have to make sure I remember. Um, but it's just so, so insightful to hear from you and, and hear just, you know, a few snippets of your journey. I, I really do appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. So this is the final question. How much of your success is down to solely hard work and how much is down to luck? Well, you can't reach the top of anything without a lot of hard work. And most of the time that hard work gets unnoticed. No one says anything you know, you've not achieved anything yet. So it's years of grit, determination and thankless hard work. But if you're not lucky, what you're doing is not relevant, right place, right time, right people. So for sure, the timing of things is really important. You, I think everybody needs some luck to be successful. I think um, somebody, I heard somebody once say, so I went, I went to claim this quote as my own, but somebody once said that opportunity and luck look a lot like hard work. <laughs> and I, and, uh, I totally agree with that. And that's certainly what, what you've, um, I think you epitomised that, Edwina. So, um, so, so thank you for, for sharing that. Edwina, thank you so much for taking the time um, to talk to us today. Thank you. You've been listening to Inspiring Progressive Female Entrepreneurs, HSBC's podcast mini-series dedicated to supporting women on the path of growing and scaling their own businesses. 
To access more resources for female entrepreneurs, please refer to the description of this podcast. Thank you for joining us at HSBC Talks Business. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please do subscribe to the HSBC Talks Business channel to stay up to date with new episodes.